Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey, boy. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it is noon on a Tuesday. It's time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here, Aaron. So, following the Cardinals' loss to the Seahawks on Sunday, you guys were both joined by the Cardinals' head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, yesterday, and you asked him if he would ever consider giving up play calling. Definitely, yeah, whatever it takes to win, um, whatever it takes to score points, um, that's, you know, anything goes in this league, and, and, and so we'll, we'll examine all avenues, obviously, in a short week. That, that'd be tough to, to go by, but right. we'll see how things go, and um, whatever it takes to, to make us, you know, get better i'm all for it do you think there will be a change with the play caller sometime in the next couple weeks for the cardinals i think that is infinitely more likely than the cardinals changing coaches the only reason i say that is because a lot of people seem to think if the cardinals lose on thursday that they're firing cliff kingsbury i'm just saying i don't think that's going to happen wolf i just i really don't see it happening middle of the season unless and i get it on the field things are going horribly wrong but yeah. I, I just i just don't think the cardinals are going to do that but that scenario that maloney just tossed out there i i could see them maybe just because of the way cliff answered so quickly like yeah it almost sounded like yeah it's it's very very possible honestly yeah i'm with you on this one right here luke i, I don't think that cliff kingsbury's job is in jeopardy in any way shape or form um unless they're Unless there was some clause in the contract that so they could get out of it at some point. He's a five-year extension? Um, no, I, I don't think you're going to bail in year one. I don't think that is going to happen right there. I don't think you bail after six games in year one or seven games. I just, I, and I'm not yeah. saying you should or shouldn't. I just don't see a team doing that. I don't see the no, Cardinals I don't doing see, that. Yeah, I don't see a team doing that. I don't see the Arizona Cardinals doing that either. Um, I will say in regard to the play calling, though, that uh, I think this will all go away when DeAndre Hopkins gets out there and suddenly the Arizona Cardinals offense looks like the Arizona Cardinals offense. So the Cardinals made a trade yesterday for Panthers receiver Robbie Anderson. Today we're learning all about just what kind of weapon he could be for Kyler Murray. So he's a speed threat. Most of his damage comes before the catch. He was a 1,000-yard receiver. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, what grade do you give the Cardinals for their acquisition of wide receiver Robbie Anderson? A, B, C, D, or F? Uh, <laughs> that's tough. I'm, I'm, I'm going to go C. I'm just going to go right down. I, I like that they went out. I saw a lot of people describing it as like a desperation move. Good. Be desperate. Your season's on the line. Make the move. I don't see that as a bad thing, but... I'll go. I would go with C plus, but that's not an option, Wolf. So I'm going to go C. Yeah. <laughs> Do I have to give it a grade? All right. Can we can we see actually? Can we see him play one game first before we go ahead and give it a grade? Sure. Um, the one thing I do know is this. They went out and got a guy that can run vertical routes. They got a guy that can run down the field. They got a guy that runs a 4-3-6. They got a guy that has had a 1,000-yard season. They went out in a desperate move and somehow, some way, got a guy that can run by some people and you can throw it up down the field. 
And that is important when you got a guy like D-Hop coming back. So I'll give it a B. <laughs> so 56% say F, 21% say C, 12% say B, 8% say D, and then 4% say A. That that fifty five to sixty percent range that we keep hitting is uh, is very unhappy Cardinals fans. Remember last week it was Seahawks win by a lot was fifty nine percent. Truly stunning that it's fifty six percent. Give it enough. So the Phoenix Suns and Cam Johnson were reportedly unable to come to an agreement on a contract extension prior to yesterday's three o'clock deadline. Johnson, in the last year of his first contract, will now be a restricted free agent next summer. This is the same deadline the Suns were able to extend wing Mikel Bridges before last season, but were unable to sign DeAndre Ayton prior to. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, I don't think it's the worst decision in the world. I mean, there is some unknown with Cam. If you, I'm assuming he wants to be paid like a starter because he is now about to be a starter, but he hasn't been a starter yet, not consistently. So I don't think it's the worst move in the world. The one thing, and we'll get more into this later on in the show, Wolf, the one thing that I at least have the radar up for is how does the uncertainty at ownership potentially impact this? Not only did that play into the decision yesterday, but like, when are you going to have a new owner next off season when Cam's about to become a free agent? Because I would like to have that taken care of. I love this. I love this only because it's not going to matter, Luke. Whoever buys this team is going to be so filthy rich that he's going to be like, oh, luxury tax, fine. Next, you're saying that like you're buying the team with your Pro Bowl money. <laughs> I'm just telling you right now, man, I don't think it's going to matter at all because I think the next owner of the Phoenix Suns is going to be absolutely dripping with cash, baby. Luxury tax? Ain't nothing but the luxury tax. And then, guys, the NFL and Amazon announced that in 2023, Prime Video will exclusively stream a Black Friday game, the Friday after Thanksgiving. The first ever NFL Black Friday game will take place on November 24th, 2023, when it with an expected kickoff of 12 p.m. Arizona time mm. or 3 p.m. Eastern. You know, time changes are crazy, so yes. I don't know if it was noon or one, but the teams are TBD. Do they have an option where you can black out the Broncos in primetime? Because I'm really done watching the Broncos in primetime. Wolf, you look like your head's about to explode. The brilliance of this cannot be measured with human hands. <laughs> are you serious? A Black Friday game? What took them so long, right? What took them so long? It's a great that question. is brilliant. A Black Friday of every Friday that you could possibly do it. Do it on the Black Friday game. Ooh, how might you market that? Interesting, man. Oh, I love that. Now you can have it on the 57 TVs in the store when everybody's waiting outside <laughs> to buy the TVs. You can watch probably the Broncos because the Broncos have to be on every primetime game. Stop it. So it'd probably be like a Broncos uh, practice with themselves. That's probably what it'll be the game. All right, that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you as always, Aaron. When we come back, all right, let's get deeper into this. Would Cliff Kingsbury be willing to give up play calling? What are the options with him if things continue to go south? South, that's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.
Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Okay, Wolf, I'm going to take you back two years almost to the day. Start this segment, okay? Okay. Here we go. October 27th, 2020. October 27th, 2020, okay? Yeah, we all remember that year. It sucked. Here's Cliff Kingsbury on the Scott Van Pelt podcast, okay? I would I would retire. I just... That's <laughs> Let me set it up better than that. I thought I had the Scott Van Pelt question in there. This is Scott Van Pelt asking him, what would it take for you to relinquish play qual- uh, calling? I would I would retire. I just that it's, it's, it's part of the game. I I couldn't just right. sit there and watch it. A lot of people are great at that and managing games, and that's not my strong suit. My strong suit is calling it and, and interacting with the quarterback. And um, I got to play to my strengths. Okay, there it is, right Two years there. Ago. You know, once again, um, I, I think it shows you the dire straits the Arizona Cardinals' offense is in right now. For Cliff Kingsbury to say, you know what, hey, listen, I, I am open to letting somebody else actually call plays. I think it shows that, and not only that too. How many times have you changed your mind based on an experience you had over a two-year period? Well, I mean, just because he said it once doesn't mean that you're not going to change your mind. How many times have you changed your stance on something? I know I've done it. I would also add to that, Cliff Kingsbury has that sort of dry sense of humor where when he says, and I'm not going to, I'm not, I'm not speaking for him, but it sounded like there was an element of like sort of playing out that answer. Oh yeah, it did. But still, it was a direct question. It was. It was a direct question, a direct answer. And then this was the direct question we asked him when we had him on our show yesterday, as we do every Monday. This was his answer. Okay, would you ever give up play calling? This is this is October seventeenth, twenty twenty two. Definitely, yeah. Whatever it takes to win, um, whatever it takes to score points. Um, that's you know. Anything goes in this league, and 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 so we'll, we'll examine all avenues. Obviously, in a short week, that, that'd be tough to to go by. But right. we'll see how things go, and um, whatever it takes to to make us, you know, get better. I'm all for it. That's called humility, right there. That's what that is called. And uh, there's a lot of people walking around who don't want to have any humility whatsoever, and hate hearing about humility. When it's exactly what you need, every one of us, every one of us, space in our needs, we need to be humble. We need to have that humility because it allows you to see where you need to get better. And it allows you, no matter how smart you are, to confront what it is that opposes you. And right now, maybe that's what Cliff Kingsbury is talking about. Maybe he's inside his own head. He's got to confront this issue. And maybe the way to do it temporarily so you try somebody else. That answer surprised me yesterday, not not because I thought he was going to be like, nope, next question. I didn't think it was going to be that, Wolf. I just thought it would kind of be more of a like, yeah, yeah, I guess if we got to that point no. and we had to. and we had, I mean, that, that response, and again, this sometimes gets lost in translation when I'm playing a clip, but his response really was like, okay, would you ever consider giving up play calling? Definitely, yeah, whatever it takes to win. It took, I mean, that's how quick it was. Yeah. Like, yeah, to the point where I almost feel like that might be on the table somewhere. You know what I mean? Maybe that's been discussed. And giving up play calling is not 
necessarily permanently giving it up. Maybe it's let's shake things up here because what we're doing isn't working. I, you know, I get that everybody's frustrated with the Cardinals and most yeah. of that gets directed at Cliff, but I'm with you on this one, Wolf, of I don't this has been done before, but there's not a lot of coaches that would be like, yeah, OK, yeah, let's let's try it. You know, the ego goes out the window sure. and it should because they can't move the ball or they, yeah, say that. they can't get the ball in the end zone. They can move the ball. They can't get it in the end zone. But yeah, anything to get the offense going. That's the attitude you should have. Yeah. You know, there are a lot of coaches in the NFL that did not want to give up play calling. And it wasn't like they were experiencing nothing but success. B.A. is one of them as well. Bruce Arians didn't want to do it, man. Didn't want to. He wanted to be the guy calling the play. He wanted to do it. And B.A. had his ups and his downs as well. There are some coaches that Mike McCarthy is one of those guys that struggled with it for years as well. So, you know, once again, um, it speaks to Cliff's humility. And that's one of the reasons why I respect Cliff Kingsbury, because he's not dogmatic. He's not just going to sit there and say, okay, it's my way or the highway, period. There is no other answer but me. That's not who Cliff Kingsbury is. And I like that. And hopefully it's going to work itself out here, whether it's somebody else calling the plays or not. Hopefully at some point in time, because in the long run, it will help the Arizona Cardinals. If, in fact, they have a head coach who is not only smart, but a head coach that is humble. Those two things. I value that and respect that. And it's one of the reasons why I believe he's going to turn this thing around. We'll see. Well, I think to be fair to Cliff... It, it's fair to question if he has the answers. I think Cliff would say that, too, at this point, um, because it doesn't look like he does through the first six weeks of this no. season. But as much as everybody is like, okay, you got to run Kyler Moore, this, and they came out running Kyler Murray on Sunday against the Seahawks. <laughs> like, he is trying different stuff. It's just not working. Well, you know what? He had his 10 carries for 100 yards right there. And how many times do they lose games when he has 10 carries and 100 yards? I don't know. The yeah, I think it, I, I think I, it involves I think not it's fumbling the first on one, one of the carries. I think it yeah. is right there. You know, um, look, this is something that has got to work. And as a former player, I know there's a lot of people. I know there's a lot of people out there that are like, you know what, play calling. You love play calling. You love it because you can blame a coach for play calling, especially when the play doesn't work. So you absolutely love it. It's your precious. You hold it. You hold the play in your hand. And that is the end-all, be-all. It's not the player. It's the play that is being called. That's what determines if it works or not. There's so many people want to do that because they can take all the wrath and they can put it on somebody, some a coach. That's who it is. When as a player, I will tell you right now, do your job as a player, because if you just do your job and execute your assignment on a play, it's probably going to work. Do your job. I, I, I cannot tell you how absolutely offensive it is to me. When people point to the play call and you know what, you know what, it was the play call. You know what? There are some bad play calls. There are some bad ones that happened. It's just not very often the way everyone makes it sound. Go do your job. Execute the play and the play will work. Beat your dude and it will work. Get off the field. Well, that's what's so frustrating about Kyler on Sunday because he had been just kind of above average this season with the exception of the second half against the Raiders. But it felt like they were trying different things against Seattle, and all of a sudden Kyler wasn't making throws he normally makes. And that speaks to what you're saying. It's not... (laughs) 
I'll say what I said earlier. I get the frustration with Cliff, but if you think it's just the coach and that's the only problem yes. and you change the coach tomorrow, this team still has problems. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. So you need to fix the other stuff, too. I'm just saying the play calling right now. The schemes, okay? Now, you want to talk about the schemes? Everyone knows. Oh, my goodness. That's where I've got a problem. That's where I personally have a problem. Where I think they need to take Kyler Murray and put him more under center, right? I mean, this I is, this. do you want to hear this again? No. Nobody wants to hear But that's not hear play it. calling. But that's that scheme. scheme. Yeah. That's scheme. That's philosophy. It is. They need to blend the old and the new. They need to do it a lot more. That's what I believe, but but having said that, it doesn't make it right because I believe it. It just to me, I think this is what they have to do. And only time may tell on that one. But scheme is completely different and that's where I differ. And I don't know if it's Cliff. I don't know if it's Kyler. I don't know who it is in regard to that, who doesn't want to advance that part of their offense into putting Kyler Murray. I don't know who it is. I don't. But play calling, man, do your job. Do your job and the play will work. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. We come back. The Suns didn't extend Cam Johnson before yesterday's deadline, so now what happens? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The primetime giveaway from Arizona Sports. Okay, let's give more stuff away, Wolf. This worked yesterday. We were both upset about the Cardinals' loss and the way things are trending, so we just started giving things away. Here we go again, all right? It's time for our primetime giveaway, and the qualifier is Mike Dallas from Phoenix. You have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870 to get your tickets to the Suns' home opener tomorrow and tickets to Thursday Night Football on Thursday. If Mike doesn't call within 10 minutes, then we'll open the phone line to somebody else. And if you didn't hear your name, you can still win by texting Prime. Primetime to 620-620. Again, text Primetime to 620-620. Listen for your name during Burns and Gambo from 2 to 6 today. Once again, Mike Dallas from Phoenix. You have 10 minutes to call 602-260-9870. Mike Dallas. Yes. That's nice. I thought... <laughs> what, are, what are you laughing at? What a transition. <laughs> That was a hard out right there. Is well, that what you're saying? I, I mean, I think it, it makes sense that we're trying to send Mike Dallas from Phoenix to the Dallas Phoenix game tomorrow, right? <laughs> it does. It's, I mean, stop it, so Mike. You have to call in. Just to, so you see what I'm talking. About. What are the odds of that? That's, right? I mean, that's uh, unbelievable. Mike, come on, Mike. You think they call him Maverick? Mike <laughs> or son? That's my nephew. Maverick Ranger. Right, there you go. See? Uh, all right. Sticking with uh, with basketball here. They the Phoenix Suns did not. Extend Cam Johnson before the 3 o'clock deadline yesterday. So now he can become a restricted free agent next offseason. Restricted free agency, again, I don't think I have to explain this to anybody because we all just went through it with DeAndre Ayton. Not the same as unrestricted free agency where the guy's just basically gone if he wants to be. Uh, restricted free agency, I, I'm, I'm only half joking, Wolf, that that just means the Pacers can offer sheet Cam Johnson and not get him next summer because that's, <laughs> that seems to be the trend. But uh, but he is not. He, uh, he's going to go into the season without an extension, which he's not the only one. I had a list uh, on Yahoo. I'll pull up some of the other names. He's the only son, obviously. But um, the, the, he's not the only player that's now going into the season without an extension, but he is probably the best. There was a list of like, I don't know, 20 players. 
Cam Johnson's the headliner of that list for sure. Uh, this is DeAndre Ayton on advice he's going to give Cam because he just went through a similar situation last season. He drills, you can drill. Everybody knows that base rule when it comes to things like this. Cam is a smart dude. What he does best is focus on him. You know, he's focusing on this game and letting his guys handle that. He's a guy who trusts his team, and I'm sure he's a good hand. You know, Cam's a strong dude who, who loves being in the valley, and you know, I'm not. He's not. You know, he's just Cam. Cam is chill. You know, he doesn't come to me with any of that stuff. I just know he's putting his head down, working. You, know, you can hardly, you know, think there's anything going on because of the energy coming around that uh, gym. Everybody just comes working. Know we want to win this year. Everything, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I believe that. Yeah, the question that I have with Cam Johnson right now is how is this going to impact his play on the court? How is this going to impact Cam Johnson and his brain right now? That's what I want to know. This guy, this offseason has been busy for Cam Johnson. And although I'm sure he's had a a lot of time to prepare for tomorrow night, the kickoff or the tip-off, should I say, of course, of their season. Um, Listen, this is... This is a lot to swallow when you look at Cam Johnson, when you look at the fact that now all of a sudden Jay Crowder is not going to be a Phoenix Sun. And a lot of the reason why is because of what has transpired with Cam Johnson. The fact the Suns say that he's going to be the starter now, one of the five starters, and knock him off the bench. And that's one of the reasons why Jay Crowder did not want to come back and why the whole Jay Crowder situation happened. So not only is he starting now as opposed to coming off the bench, not only is he largely involved in, not responsible for, but involved in Jay Crowder not being here, but also now he doesn't work out a contract extension with the Suns and will become an, a restricted free agent player. Mm-hmm. So now um, all of this, how does this impact his game on the floor? So to put it in perspective, because this is probably closer to Mikel Bridges' situation last year than it is DA's. I mean, DA was asking for a max deal, didn't get it. Mikel Bridges got a four-year, $90 million rookie contract extension uh, right before last season, remember? Last season, the Suns had yes. two guys up there, and uh, Mikel got his, and DA didn't. Now, DA ultimately got paid two. And I do think that they want, they're obviously trying to build this around Cam Johnson for a lot of what you just said. Not, not build the team around Cam Johnson, but, but he is part of the core, even if he's like kind of a peripheral part of the core. Your core is Devin Booker. And I think DA is still part of like your main core, but, but Cam Johnson is part of your starting lineup now. You basically, I see it as, as almost the Suns went to him and said, we're going to give you a promotion. We're going to try you in this role. And if you kill it, then you're getting a huge raise. And I'm sure they did go to him. I mean, I've seen the number thrown out there that he, they offered him 18 million a year and he said no. I don't know if that's true or not, but I've seen yeah. that number a few times now of they probably went to him yesterday or a couple of days before and they were like, okay, here's, here's an offer as we promote you. And he's like, no, I'm going to play this season. I think I can get more. Yeah. Good for him. Hopefully he does. But where I'm, what are you laughing at? I, I just, honestly, right now, you were talking about the core, right? Yeah. The core. And so he's part of the core, yeah, right? He's, part, I mean, of he's part of the core, of course. And the old saying, an old coach is saying, the old axiom of, yeah, he's part of our core if you open the door. <laughs> I should sorry. He's part of our core. If you open the door. Is that just because that rhymes? I mean, it just, I think that's probably why it's 
been around yeah. for a while. Things that rhyme really get, get uh, a lot part of Part of our core, if you open the door, okay, we all kind of get it, all right? So if you open the door and just swing it open, there's somebody standing here. You're, you're part of our core. Okay. All right. Sorry. Let I, me just I say I got this, distracted uh, Mike, by that. Mike called in. Mike Dallas from Phoenix. He did he really? Yes. Mike. We're two this week. We're on a Mike. run with these. Last, last time we did Man. this, too. Um, okay, so good for Mike. He's going, and again, you can text primetime to 620-620. If you want to go to the Suns game tomorrow and the Cardinals game on Thursday and, and be entered to win a DeAndre Hopkins or Devin Booker jersey. Uh, the other thing with the Cam Johnson situation is they've, they've made it pretty clear that they that they do want him. And, and and I know if James Jones were sitting here, he would say, yeah, we." I kept saying I want DeAndre Ayton every time it got brought up. It just, it felt like DA was auditioning for a job with the Suns because he was asking for max money. Whereas Cam Johnson, it's it feels like it's just going to come down to negotiations next summer now. And and I'm confident that they want him. And I'm pretty confident that he's going to live up to the, the bar they're setting for him. But I'm not confident they're going to have an owner when this all rolls oh around goodness. next summer. Yeah, you know what? Honestly, right now, um, I don't think that's going to be an issue. You I know how not. I feel about this. You've never been more certain of anything. Oh, my goodness. You remember, you were like, well, I think they're going to sell for $2.2 billion. All, I think it, Right? Not my voice. Um, well, no, but that's what you were saying. You were like, I no. I don't know, maybe 2.3. Uh, I said, I believe I said 3 billion, uh, and then I lowered no, it. Oh, you nope. did I did. Not. I lowered it to 2.8. Oh, my goodness. Did I not lower it to 2.8? No, you were like, I think it's going to be around 2.2 billion. We can go to the tape on this. Oh, my because, goodness. Because yeah, we'll go this, to the tape on is, it. Four weeks after you said it the first time. This is how, this is why I remember this, because I said something and people kept writing into the show <laughs> and saying, Sarver doesn't, Sarver only owns 35%. 35% of what it's evaluated at isn't billions. Because <laughs> I kept saying Sarver's going to make billions of dollars. All right, Luke, nobody wants to hear your bull. Um, <laughs> you maybe we it. could go look for it. Yeah, we'll get that. You said 3.1, I, I said 2.8. I said 3 billion. Everyone looked at me, well, what are you talking about, 3 billion? I was like, yeah, three billion. You're wrong. I, I it's going to be four. It's going to be. It's going to be more than four billion. That's what I think. And the guy that buys it, because he also is going to be, I don't know, um, encouraged by the NBA and the powers that be to offer a lot of money for it. He's going to be loaded. Better be. I don't want some guy that comes in and is like, yeah, I own the team. I can't, I don't actually have the money. It's all tied up in yeah. offshore housing. <laughs> because you know what? Adam Silver understands one thing. Luxury tax is good for everybody. Good for the league. Luxury tax. All right. So we're going to... We're each gonna up our offer by a billion. So are you up to four point one no, billion now? You know, I listen. I said it at the time. I said three point one. I, I stand 100%. by my three point okay. one. Okay. So can I just say this? If <laughs> what are you gonna do if now? They're, <laughs> if they're gonna sell for three point one billion, can I step in at the last second and say, can you tack on an extra ninety million for Cam Johnson if he plays well this year? Yes. Look, you already have three point one billion in there. You know, Add it. an extra ninety million for Cam. The next guy who buys it, it's gonna be Cam Johnson's gonna be. Psh- Ain't nothing but ninety million. Let's make it three point one nine billion. They're gonna pay that in a heartbeat. Give it straight to Cam because I, if if you really were not gonna make a trade for Kevin Durant, which I don't believe, because you didn't want to offer Cam Johnson, he better be here longer than this. And if I'm wrong on that, somehow they got some guy and he's scraping together his pennies. Don't even say that. Buy precious I'm, to buy this team. No. I'm gonna be. A, 
seriously. This city does not deserve a, an one. owner to come in and yeah, three point one billion, but I only actually have uh, <laughs> one hundred eighty-seven million. Everything else is imaginary money, but I can make it happen. All right, when we come back with DeAndre Hopkins and Robbie Anderson in. How does this Cardinals wide receiver room look now heading into Thursday night? It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. <laughs> Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. But we knew there was going to be some shuffling at the receiver position this week. Wolf. By the way, yes, this not, is not, not getting late. It's not right. It's not getting late. Stop it. Okay. Proceed. Have you put uh, Coheed and Cambria on your <laughs> no. phone yet? Okay. No, I have not done that, but it is not getting late. For some of you guys listening right now who really don't understand that it's not Rush, <laughs> it isn't. We Trust should, yourself. We should have had that guy next year for your birthday. We're going to have that guy call in, and we're gonna, <laughs> but he's going to say he's getting late. It's going to be great. <laughs> All uh, right, proceed. Kyler Murray. Has uh, spoken today after practice, and as you can imagine, a lot of the questions for Kyler were, there's a lot of questions for Kyler actually, but many of the questions were about DeAndre Hopkins and what it was like having him back out there on the field today. Be good. Be great. Yeah. Just uh, having him out there today, you can tell his energy. Um, man, he's, uh, it, it seems like every time you see him, you know, out on the field, it's like there's a reason why he's, you know, he's the best, you know, and um I'm, I'm excited for him. Uh, excited to be able to throw him the ball again. You know what I'm saying? Never took that for granted. But um, man, I'm just happy for him. Uh, you know, team team is definitely you know appreciative of having him back. So, yeah, man, I cannot wait to see D Hop back and out on the field again. Um, things stop and think about it. Things really went sideways from that point, didn't it? Think back to last year. Think back to when that happened on Thursday night against the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. Think that's where really the the first bolt came <laughs> off the wheel. Second didn't time it? we've had to reference that game during the show today. Man, think about that though. The way they were rolling, and then bam, D Hop went down. And we all know how that finished last year, going into the playoff and the playoff game. And now, right now, the way they're struggling. And suddenly, D-Hop is going to be out there on Thursday night? Holy cow. Um, What's so wild about it when you look at DeAndre Hopkins, okay? If you really want to go back to that awful Thursday night last year, when, uh, when A.J. Green almost had the touchdown to win it and DeAndre Hopkins gets hurt, okay? Hopkins, remember, tried to come back in that game a couple times. And they were like, no, you're not not going out there. So at that moment, the Cardinals are 7-0. and That's a winnable game against a very good Green Bay team last year because they had weapons last year. And DeAndre Hopkins up to that point in his career had missed one NFL game up to that point. One. So, and that's over nine, eight seasons, eight and a half seasons at that point. He had missed one NFL game. This is one of the reasons why I was so excited when they got him. So you're looking at that as a Cardinals fan. You're like, oh, okay. Like, I just remember the next day being like, yeah, they lost. That was, I mean, all anybody was talking about was A.J. Green and and, and the interception and everything. But the other part of it was Hopkins got hurt, but he's missed one game in his career, and he tried to come back a couple times last night. Like, he can't can't be that hurt, right? 
He played two more games last year. He's played two games since that Green Bay game on Thursday night. And I think one of them, if I remember right, the Chicago game, I don't even think he really played all that much. So he's played like one and a half games since that Green Bay game, which if it feels like it was almost a year ago, it's because it was. That was October 28th. (laughs) Wow. What is DeAndre Hopkins going to do for this offense right now? Because this offense is bad. It is bad and it is struggling. And what I love, too, is Cliff Kingsbury acknowledging it talking about the fact that, hey, listen, you can question me and the job that I'm doing because of how bad this offense is. I mean, that's Cliff, the head coach. Would you say that he's got a lot invested in this? Yeah, just a little bit. Does he have a lot at stake? Yes, he does. Yet you've got to say it the way that it is. And that's the that's the thing that encourages me. That's what makes me think that the Cardinals can get over this. Because right now, basic owners, if you're not willing to, if you're not willing to acknowledge what confronts you, what opposes you, you tell me what your chances are of getting on top of it and beating it. They're not good if you're willing not to even acknowledge it. I love the fact Cliff is willing to acknowledge it and say, we're broke. We got to fix this and we got to do it now. And D hop, this is, it's going to be fascinating. What does DeAndre Hopkins do for Kyler Murray? You know what? I I don't specifically know. I can guess, of course. I haven't asked Kyler Murray this, but um, I'm sure he does a ton to clear up coverage. And because of that, now all of a sudden it becomes an easy read for Kyler Murray. Post-snap. Not pre-snap. Post-snap. Right, Kyler was asked if, uh, if getting D-Hop back automatically fixes the offensive problems no i don't i don't think it's not it's just not you know doesn't it's not a miracle thing that just you know everything's you know gone we still got things we got to be better at still got things we need to fix obviously having him back definitely helps um but we still got to be better in all the areas that we're you know not good in right now uh that is refreshing to hear wolf i love that to hear somebody that's invested in this not just be like i got hopkins back okay we're gonna win 10 in a row like all right I, i just read you he has seven catches for 84 yards in basically the last calendar year. <laughs> now, he's DeAndre Hopkins. He is one of the best receivers of his generation. It's not going to shock me if he goes out there and has two touchdowns on Thursday. Yeah. It really isn't. No. But he could have two touchdowns, and they still don't win. They, they What Kyler just said okay. is oh, finally spot on. they got to fix a lot. No, and he's right about that. That's great. That's great. I love that right there. What are you going to think when he, all of a sudden the offense looks fixed? What are you going to think when all of us, oh, here we, boom, 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 right down the touchdown. What are you going to say? Well, I need to see it for more than one drive because the opening (laughs) drive on Sunday looked good. Because honestly, right now, I love the fact that Kyler's taking that approach because he's right. He's right. You got a lot. There's a lot to fix here. The protection as well. But you know what? The intangible of DeAndre Hopkins, the thing that blows my mind about him is the fact that I, and I never knew this is that he's got a profound impact on a lot of guys around him as a leader. Mm -hmm. The intangibles of DeAndre Hopkins and the way that he will hold himself accountable and hold others accountable. Listen, when you're you're not playing, you can't do it, man. 
<laughs> don't don't do so it. it was JJ Watt last don't, year. Don't do it because if you're sitting there and you're chirping away and you're yakking and you're yapping, you're doing all this talking and you haven't seen the field in how long? Don't don't start doing it because you will be a pariah in that locker room quickly. And even D Hop knows that. Is as well respected as D Hop is, and as well respected as JJ Watt is, they they understand. You better not be doing it chirping unless you're playing. Here's uh, here's another one from Kyler. Uh, this is from today. It's just a few minutes ago, talking about the impact that DeAndre Hopkins has on the opposing defense, which is something we talked about a lot last year. I remember talking about this the day that he went down, the day after he went down, and then as we were constantly trying to figure out if he was coming back last year, the impact he has, even if he doesn't put up stats. And uh, Kyler talked about that. I mean, I, I think that's based on who you know who you're playing. If they want to disguise it or not, um, I think they they definitely can disguise it. Um, obviously, in your, if you're a man, it's kind of hard to you know disguise man. But um, yeah, I mean, I think he's a, he's definitely a different he's a different guy. Everybody knows that um, when he's out there, you got to account for him. Um, so we got, you know, we, we'll get them going. This is why it's so frustrating that Hollywood Brown got hurt at the end of that game. Because if teams wanted to key on DeAndre Hopkins, go ahead. Hollywood Brown was playing well, and he's faster than anybody on your team. But now you don't have him. Doom. <laughs> you killing Couldn't me. just give us one week? No. Just one honestly, week to see how this looks? I just, I, I want to see it. I want to see it so badly. I, I can, <laughs> I can taste it. I want to um, see it when it still matters. I mean, Hollywood may be back in six weeks, which we figured out yesterday. Then you're going into the bye. So you'll, they'll still have five games left potentially when he comes back and they might still be in this. But it's just like if Hollywood Brown didn't get hurt, Thursday's game matters a lot. You, you get know, back into first place. What's amazing about this is we were talking about, man, D hop. You know what? Six games. If somehow, some way, you could just be three and three, just three and three after six games, right? You'd still be in this thing, man. When De- when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, and then you'll have Hollywood, and then D Hop, and now we're saying, hey, listen, if you can just somehow, some way, get to the bye week and be in this thing, now you'll get D Hop and Hollywood back. But we said this. Oh my god. We said this what back when, when Hopkins got suspended, though. There's. You knew there were going to be injuries. I mean, it's absurd, the injuries that have hit the Cardinals. But either way, guys were going to be hurt by the time Hopkins came back. The one we were just all hoping would still be out there was Hollywood Brown and obviously the quarterback. Uh, All right, when we come back, how is DeAndre Ayton approaching this upcoming season? He gave us some insight on that yesterday, and we'll get into it next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.